On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, we break down Utah's 32-25 win over Oregon, look ahead to the battle in Boulder with Colorado, and Mark Harlan talks to us in our Utah by 5 segment about stadium expansion. This and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. This is Bill Riley, play-by-play voice of the Utes and midday host on ESPN 700. And you're listening to the Deseret News Utes Insiders podcast with Dirk Facer, Amy Donaldson, Mike Sorensen, and Trent Wood. Go Utes. Welcome to another edition of the Deseret News Utes Insiders podcast. I'm Dirk Facer here with Amy Donaldson and Trent Wood. Guys, how are you? Doing good. Fabulous. Thank you uh, for asking. Good to have you here in our Swank Salt Lake City studios. Uh, <laughs> let's break down. I didn't that. even know it was Swank. It is Swank, isn't it? Let's break down the uh, Utah's thirty-two twenty-five win over Oregon. Impressive, obviously, because they had a new quarterback and a new running back in the starting lineup. Trent, what did you see from those two guys? I mean, I think everybody has to be pleased with how Jason Shelley and Armand Shine played. I don't think you can really tear apart their performance at all. I, I mean, I think for me, the of the new of the of the revelations, Shine like it was a reminder of what he was before he got injured, right? Right. So yeah. where he he really was a number one guy going into that fall camp when he hurt his knee. Right, and then, you know, yeah. to come out 174 yards after, you know, a year and a half or whatever battling injuries mm-hmm. was impressive. And Shelley was impressive, I think, uh, in the fact that Utah didn't turn the ball over once. And I think that was kind of uh, maybe a given in some people's eyes that with the, you know, redshirt freshman making his first start, he might make a mistake here or there. And he probably did miss some reads in that. But you know what? He didn't turn the ball over, and that was the important thing. Yeah, yeah. I think even more impressive than that was how he drove the ball down the field when they needed him to. I yeah. mean, you don't see that from a redshirt freshman. No, and I think everyone's uh, big complaint, uh, it, it isn't Shelly specific. It's the red zone. <laughs> yeah. So you move the ball really good uh, in the center of the field, but you can't get into the end zone. And so, But that was not anything unique to him. That's sort of been a Utah problem. Um, and uh, but you know after the 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 block punt and the you know Oregon scored and then you know, the fact that Utah was able to move down they moved down with confidence too yeah. it was like oh crap we're behind let's get the lead back and that's kind of what they did I had a chance to talk to Cody Barton uh, linebacker and he obviously uh, goes against these guys in practice every day and he was. Uh, not surprised at all that Shelley and uh, Shine had good games. Like we said earlier, you know Shelley's reads were all correct, and uh, whether it was run game or pass game, all that stuff. And so, you know, I think a lot of people were doubting us once those guys went. Tyler and uh, Zach went down, but this just shows you that we got definitely got good athletes behind those guys too. Maybe the story of the game may have been that Matt Gay came out and really kicked his way to glory. Didn't well, and we we had a debate, and I don't know that I don't know that I heard an answer to this question. But we were having a debate on the sideline about whether or not they would kick, they would go for a field goal there or on fourth down go for a touchdown. Right. And uh, I felt like they were going to go for the field goal because Matt was, if he kicks that sixth one, he gets the record. Um, but and, and I know you no won one, the bet. You won the. But I know everyone bet. says. But I just wondered if that was in, an issue for Kyle, or if it was just like let's just put some more points on the board and walk away from it. Um, and I tend to think that you know Matt Gay, they want to use him, and early in the season they didn't get a chance to use him very much. He had some bad luck with some blocks and a miss and that. But uh, eighteen in a row is 
almost unheard of. Yeah, and I mean, to to what Amy said, I almost would think that Kyle, he believes in his defense so much that the field goal was probably the first option just because he would think that they could stop him. Mm-hmm. But I mean... What Matt Gay's doing is it's incredibly impressive. It's funny to hear Kyle talk about how it's a positive and a negative. It's a yeah. positive because he's great, but it's yeah. a negative because they're kicking field goals. But he's obviously a great kicker. Right? Yeah, I think that's the thing. When you're using your punter and your kicker, who are awesome for Utah, then you're not there's something not working about yeah. your offense, right? So that's that's the downside. I mean, the fun thing for me though was the defense. Um, how about Jalen Johnson getting a sack? And then that basketball move he made at the end where he denied the pass. Um, that he, was, he was awesome. That was something else. Yeah. Yeah. No, he – but they, there were so many that were – I mean, Chase, Cody, um, but you name it. Uh, Max Tupai, another great game. I just – I thought the defense was awesome. And, and I think that most people were saying, well, we'd give them a B. Like they said, there's a lot of room for improvement. Right. And I thought if that is how good you play and that's what you call a B – Imagine when you get your A game. Well, no matter what kind of game Chase Hansen has, he always says, I made a few mistakes, you know, and he wants it to be very perfectionist. Well, the fact that they scored to them is a, they a made bad a mistake. thing. Yeah. yeah, something bad happened. Something well, broke down. Well, and let's also face it that when you're putting three points up six times instead of touchdowns, that's a lot of points you're leaving on the table. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that would have made a difference. And you know, I, I talked to Matt Gay about what's going right for him, obviously making 18 in a row, and uh, here's what he had to say. Striking the ball really well um, in a good mental state right now as well. And I'm just going to keep building off that, that confidence. All right, guys, uh, any other storylines that you think went under the radar last week? Obviously, we've kind of mentioned a lot of names about the game, but uh, I think in general it's just the fact that, in my opinion, the guys rallied around Shelley and Shine, and then Matt Gay kind of bailed them out when they needed to put points on the board. Yeah, I and talked, defense did well. Yeah, I talked to Jackson Barton from the offensive line about – sort of what they did in that week leading up to it, because um, we didn't get to talk to Jason. Um, but he said they just made a commitment. They talked with him, and they told him, we're going to do everything we can to protect you and give you every opportunity to succeed. And same with Shine, right? And I like that that was kind of the Shelly and Shine show, right? That was kind of fun little alliteration. But uh, but I think the offensive line did say we have to take this upon ourselves. to. And I don't think they ever try to play bad or poorly or abandon the guy behind guys in the backfield. But I think they felt like, hey, we've got to help these guys get off. And I think that, for me, that very first, that was it a 14-yard pass to Britton Covey? Yeah. Um, that was, for me, I thought, that's so good for him to get where he was at on the field, um, you know, the pressure he was under. Um, to convert that, I think, is a huge, uh, no matter how confident you are, that's a different kind of like, okay, I, I can do this. Like, I feel like I can do it, and now I know I can do it. All right. Appreciate it. Hey, just a reminder where we're at midstream here, that the Salt Lake Stallions are bringing professional football to Rice Eccles Stadium in February. Get your season tickets now. You can call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Now, speaking of Rice Eccles Stadium, a little remodeling job's coming, guys. What do you think of this $80 million uh, expansion they're talking about and basically redoing the south end zone and kind of turning, well, not even kind of turning, but turning the stadium into a a bowl? Um, Mark Carlin, I talked to him, and he said, you know how loud it's going to get when we fill those ends in? What do you guys think? What's your initial thoughts, Amy? Does bicycles need to be a little bigger? Well, yes, it needs to be bigger. Um, but I, I always have mixed feelings about these stadium things. So I have my, you know, 
we shouldn't be spending money on this. We should be getting a tiny house and <laughs> we should be downsizing. We don't need more Swedes. We don't need, but I think that if you, in this day and age in college football, if you want to compete, they need more, they probably need more seats than they're going to build. Right. right. Um, but I think if you want to keep take, you, you have to keep winning. You have to keep justifying that. And there are a lot of other uses for the stadium. And I think if you're going to put a, like putting a professional football team in there, like the stallions, you have to, there, it has to be a, a stadium that's worthy of sort of bigger and better things. So I, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, but I do have – I always have mixed feelings on these stadium. Uh, this, the costs seem so astronomical. See, and I have mixed feelings, but they're totally different from yours. But okay. that's just because in my head, college football stadiums are supposed to be massive, and you're supposed to fill them with 100,000 people. And that's just not how it works in the Pac-12, and that's not how it is at Utah. And so I'm, I'm excited that it's getting bigger. But then I look at it, I'm like, 51,000? That's not enough people. But I realize that like a lot of stadiums are downsizing across the country because people aren't going to football games as much. And so there's more luxury boxes and there's more money being put in. Mm-hmm. So even that they're adding seats is a bonus because that's not a guarantee everywhere. Well, you know, in the Pac-12, if you look at it, you look where USC and UCLA play. They obviously play in you know, the Coliseum and the Rose Bowl, huge venues that are mm-hmm. – too big for college campuses. Well, and they're shrinking them, so. Yeah, and then USC is remodeling that and cutting it down and such. And, uh, you know, Utah's kind of right probably where they need to be. Look at the attendance figures in the conference, and it's amazing how many of the schools are averaging 30,000 people a game. Yeah. And, you know, and even you got to remember, though, at U- in Utah, we only have the NBA, Right, the NBA and college sports, and and, and the stallions. Yeah, now we have the stallions, <laughs> but I mean, but we don't. You know, you have some semi-pro stuff, you know. But as far as big-time sports, I mean, that's why there's so much love for, you know, Utah State, BYU, Utah football, because that's you know, and now Weber. Look at Weber and their yeah. attendance numbers. Right, people love college football. It really is sort of a marriage between what you love about high school and, and what you love about pro sports, you know, the level, the athleticism. So so I think it's not a bad investment as far as – and I like how they're paying for it. Well, Amy, you have vast experience with the Olympics, and mm-hmm. obviously there's rumors that a lot of this remodel or re, you know, building up of the stadium is for the Olympics. Do you see a connection? Uh, I definitely see a connection, and I think that's been in the works for probably about five years, um, just sort of this development, this idea that – um, as they upgrade facilities, there's always this eye on how can we use this in other ways. And honestly, I think it's actually what's made Utah's Olympic experience uh, profitable is that they never just say, we're just going to build this one thing and only use it for that, right? We've Real Salt Lake, when they came here, they played at Rice Eccles. So we always see sort of multi-use for these facilities. Um, they're always talking about how what other opportunities there are to host uh, different kinds. They, they have motocross up at rice eccles they have some you know stuff you'd expect and stuff that you're like what they put that in a stadium Uh, i think the only thing they haven't done at rice eccles is rodeo um but but i think that's actually and you look at all the facilities they built for the olympics that's what they've done how can we use this in three or four other different ways and training and i think that's been part of the discussion with expansion number one how can we pay for it without using tax dollars or money that we should be putting in the university um and and number two how do we you know is this really an opportunity and i think now you're saying it's a war of attrition in the olympic bid process and i think utah's getting the olympics back it's just a matter of which bid and you know i kind of agree that you know the money kind of freaks you out 80 million dollars and you're really only adding 
you know, 6,000, 5,000 seats or whatever. But, you know, it's more to that. It's an infrastructure with the locker rooms and a lot of mm-hmm. things. And those I thought it was funny were, that some of the ex-players were like, hey, what about the locker rooms? Make sure the locker rooms are included <laughs> in that thing. Um, and we have, I've never been, have you guys ever been in the locker rooms? No, nope, I have, I have. So I've been in that. They're dirty and dingy. So and the they thing, need to be fixed. The thing, the visitors, like, press area, I can tell you, is so crappy that sometimes coaches will say, let's just go out here in the outside right. now it's too loud anymore because fans really wait and yell and right. you know you don't want to yell always what happened. It makes you for good hecklers. sound bites but yeah, now, yeah. but then you know that's part of the thing that's going to be underneath those mm-hmm. uh, new bleachers it's, it's going to be a press room there's going to be a whole bunch of things, stuff for a medical storage for the equipment room. There's a lot of things going into it. So I, I I, I'm went, putting my bid in now, Mr. Harlan, Kyle Whittingham. I think there should be a press, a working press room that's available to us all the time. Like we can go to and work there. So that when you're up at the U, like if I'm covering women's basketball or volleyball, and then I'm going to wait for practice, but I have a place to go. Right, right. See, it means better. I doubt coverage. it'll be in the eighty million dollar <laughs> facility. I want. I have a feeling we're the last one, people one they of want those in there. Seats, so. Just one. Kick. Come out. Uh, reminder now, we have a break. Let's go with the Salt Lake Stallions commercial. Let me plug them one more time. Season tickets are as low as $75. Pro football at Ricecycle Stadium starting in February. Call 1-833-AAF-2019 or go to saltlakestallions.com. Let's go from stallions to buffaloes. The youth got seamless a transition. Seamless man. transition with animals. Let's let's things Amy, that jerk likes Amy, to ride. You did, <laughs> Amy, you did a nice uh, horse noise last week. How about a buffalo? Have you ever been around? I've done a buffalo roundup. They actually like well, they more grunt. It. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they just make just a do. weird noise. Oh, like with authority. With authority. Yeah. Come on. But uh, let yeah, it out. Of, let it out, Amy. Come on. We're good. Give me a buffalo noise. <laughs> I might give you a kick to the head. <laughs> I fear that's coming. <laughs> Guys, yeah. this is a big test for the Utes. Obviously, the easiest path to win the Pac-12 South is to beat Colorado and have Arizona State lose either uh, at Oregon or at Arizona. What do you think? I think everyone th- would prefer they lose at Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. Also, that sounded like the only path, not the easiest. I don't yeah. know. If there's another way. They well, can unfortunately, it Utah play. You know, Utah and Colorado play at 11:30 in the morning on Saturday, mm-hmm. so they're going to have to wait all day long and then some to find out if they won the South or not on Saturday. So it's kind of like the uh, McAdams Mia Love election, isn't it? It's just going to drag go three on. weeks. <laughs> Could drag on before we know if the Utes are going to win. But what do you guys think the Utes need to do? I mean, this has been billed as a rivalry game. It really isn't because I don't think there's the passion there. It's the fact that they do play late in the season adds something to it. But Utah is five and two against the Buffaloes since they joined the both teams joined the Pac-12. Amy, what do you think the Utes need to do? Just status win. quo, just keep doing what they're doing. <laughs> It's really complicated. When? No, just yeah. kidding. Um, I know. I think that you need to have Armand Shine has to have a great game. Yes, they have. They have to have the running game. I think that's always everything seems to flow from that. They can move the ball a little bit on the ground. It gives. I think it gives everybody confidence. And and the offensive linemen have all individually said they prefer to block for the run. That's what's more fun to the, for them, and that engages them in a way that the passing game doesn't. So I think you establish a run game, and and I think they. I think they can. I think they can run all over. Speaking of Buffalo. 
They can they can run, run like them. Ralphie. I don't even know that they need to throw a pass, and they could beat them with just the run game. Uh, they obviously have some weapons, though, Colorado. Maybe the, the onus is on Utah's defense this week because they're facing another good receiver, another good quarterback. Yeah, even that, though. I mean, after that big start, and I know that Amy and I were on the Buffalo bandwagon much of the year, but they don't it's, look as good. Even even yeah. uh, the wide receiver has not been as good lately. The quarterback has not been as good lately. There were reports today that they fired their head coach or he's going to be fired when the season ends. Like, this isn't a team that is firing on all cylinders. No, and, you know, the receiver is out for a couple of weeks. So, I mean, you might give him a pass there. But the fact is they're not executing like they were earlier in the season. And it'll be interesting if, you know, if Mike McIntyre is indeed, I think one of the Denver TV stations that yeah. has already reached an agreement that they're parting ways at the end of the season. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if the team rallies around him. I mean, do you think that's a factor? Do you think they'll play for their coach? Or is that overblown in college sports? No, I definitely don't think it's overblown. I think these college coaches are like father figures to these kids. And I definitely think there's an emotional um, bond that you can't, you know, it's not it's not something you can measure, worry about. Um, I think that they'll be ready for that. They'll be ready for some. The other thing is they get the chance to play spoiler, right? Don't let's not forget what happened. How Real Salt Lake got into the playoffs, all right? Um, that's a team that had nothing to again. I, what is our show? <laughs> stop? But, you know, they played a team that had nothing to. They just it, there's something about being the people who destroy someone else's hope. Yeah. That especially in football, guys love. And remember that Utah was in this position their very first year in the Pac-12, and Colorado had not won on the road for four years, and they won in Rice Eccles. So. There's a little – I think they're going to prepare. I, th- I think you expect a Utah team that's over-prepared for this challenge, yeah, so. for what you, w- what you would expect. What about you, Chant? Yeah, I mean, I know that there's the November woes and there's the terror that they would lose to Colorado and blow any chance they have at the Pac-12 South. It just feels like Utah's going one direction and Colorado's going the other, and it'll take kind of a, a fluky game, which obviously happens in the Pac-12 every week. But still, it would take that kind of a game for Utah not to win. It's time for our Pac-12 South Pickums, brought to you by Deseret News Grid Picks. Jump on DeseretNews.com and make your picks. Joining us as our guest picker this week, a familiar face to me, my son Austin, who works for KSLSports.com. Welcome to the show, Austin. It's awesome to be here. I'm sure this will be your wife and my mom's favorite episode. I don't yes. know if too many other people we'll, will. We'll get a new subscriber. A, yeah. right? I, this is a way to the do it. The numbers are growing. <laughs> yeah, between me and my mom. Stop the madness. Two, so. <laughs> yeah. It's great to great to be here. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Well, guys, let's jump into the Battle of Los Angeles. That's the first one. USC at UCLA. I still don't think UCLA is all that just now. And I know USC is a mess with Clay Helton's future, much like Mike McIntyre's in question. Uh, I'm going to take the Trojans to win just because I don't think UCLA has much going for it. Trent? I would love to pass on this game, but I don't think that's allowed. Um, it's not. Laws of the pickums. I know. Yeah. I know. I understand the laws. USC is going to win, but it's going to not be a fun game. I'm not going to watch it. USC is going to win, and I am going to watch it because it is going to be a mess. You know, what? The, I think it was a couple of years ago, they had a big fight right before kickoff. Yeah. Two so teams at the 50-yard yeah. line. Maybe I'll watch it's, the pregame. It's rivalry. They don't like each other. And Asta, you lived in L.A. for a while, but who are you taking in this one? I'm going to go with the men of Troy as well. Yeah. I don't I don't know very much about UCLA. Uh, I, think <laughs> I that's, wonder why. <laughs> I think that's because they're not very good this Maybe year it's or something. Stink. So, yeah. Yeah. 
the, uh, right. when you don't hear about a team very much, it's usually not a good sign. So, <laughs> well, let's jump to Arizona at Washington State. Uh, that could be a really good game. It's kind of intriguing, actually. But uh, I think Washington State has too much going for it right now to to let down, especially in Pullman. Yeah, I mean, I tried my Washington State upset last week with Colorado, and it fell straight on its face. So, Cougars all the way. Go Cougs. Go you, you're going Cougar students. Uh-huh. I am too, but I'm going for the reason that. Did you guys see the video of Mike Leach breaking down yeah. which coach could uh, it could beat up the other coaches in the Pac-12? No, I, did. I, didn't, I didn't see that. But did you see that picture that someone put on Twitter of him doing like the George Costanza pose? It's beautiful. Sure, Both of those things are beautiful. Yeah, you should all him check him breaking out. down who he's would nuts. win in a fight was the best because of course he picks what right. He's like, but right. he's in because he's in shape. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of us aren't in shape. <laughs> but he's like secretly, I think I would win. But yeah. I mean, he also touted Herm Edwards and Kevin Sumlin, so maybe the uh, Wildcats can give him a fight. But true, true, he did. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I think that one's uh, not. I mean, it appears better on paper than it probably will be. I think it'll be Washington State. I think Washington State was thir- was favored by like 33 and a half points for that game. Oh wow! So okay, that's yeah, a lot for yeah. for those of us who make bets. You know, that would be an interesting what? one. What? What? Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> not that I do that. ASU at Oregon. Uh, you. Fans will be watching that game. I'm taking the Ducks. Brent, trying to to balance there. I've, uh, it's hard to think head heart head heart. Well, yeah, that is very true. I'm gonna go with Oregon. I think Oregon's the better team. I think it would be really kind of interesting if Arizona State were to pull it off, but I I don't think they will. I'm gonna go with the Ducks. I'm gonna go with the with uh, Arizona State winning. So, partially because you all picked just for Oregon. the fun of it. Yeah. No, but I also think when you get a team gets on a roll. Um, I think it's it's tough to stop. Now I don't I don't think Oregon. I think they're. I think it'll be a great game. Let's say that. Yeah, you know, Oregon looked really good in spots last week. Yeah, it's I like, think that was a thing. I mean, I think there were sections of the game where I was like, oh, Oregon looks great. There's no way, you know, they can beat Arizona State. This is not going to be an issue. But then there were sections of the game where I was like. Arizona State's going to kill these guys. So I guess it depends on which team shows up and what they can put together. Actually, I think it's my game of the week because I think, you know, there's similar styles, good quarterbacks, good receivers, and, you know, they're both technically playing for something. Oregon obviously wants to finish with a winning record and go to a better bowl game than they would if with the 500 record. And Arizona State, obviously, in the driver's seat in the south. Um, here's the big one in Boulder. This is my the game Rumble of the in the Rockies. Utah, Colorado. I just have not believed in Colorado all season long, and I think they're going to lose again, and I'm taking Utah. Yeah, I mean, I think Utah wins this to, to pull a Dirk by multiple touchdowns. I think this is Ooh, a, this is go. Utah's game. Uh, yeah, I think the Utes are going to win, and I think uh, you're going to have a great weekend in Santa Clara uh, as a result of Utah win and uh, Oregon win. Put it down. Um so let's pick numbers. Let's pick scores, fellas. Let's 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 really go. I like. Remember, we do this. We 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 goof off in the press box sometimes. How's this play going to end, or how's the series going to end? Give us a score. I'm gonna go uh, thirty-five twenty-one. Okay, Trent. Can I pass while I think about it? Sure, sure. Yeah. I think we're gonna see a stingy performance from the Utah defense <laughs> and a pretty okay performance uh-huh. from the offense. I think it'll be twenty-one to three. Okay, I'm going thirty-three to three. Cool. I'm going twenty-eight-seven. Okay. Yeah. I think Big the defense is going to come. That's why I think it's going to be. The defense has played so well. Mm-hmm. And as long as nobody gets hurt, I think Chase and uh, Cody are going to have a feast. 
You sound like a mom. As long as nobody gets hurt, have fun, kids. Uh, that's <laughs> right. We'll all have a good time. Well, you know, next week, Utah returns to Wrightsickle Stadium to play the BYU Cougars. And tune into our podcast. We have special treats. I'm we so excited. We have special treats all yes. week. Tune into it. And presents. Early Christmas presents for all of you. It's oh. like Oprah's giveaway. A special episode for you and you and you. <laughs> but nothing week. monetary. There's no refrigerator <laughs> or boat to take home, right? No, but there's like... But it's priceless insight. time listening to Dirt In talk this, about yes, Utah exactly. BYU. Like it's oh, I be. ramble on. I'm an old man. Yeah, that's not, true. Not just you. We got lots of, lots of surprises Older in store guys for too. you. Yeah. Seriously, you're going to hear from people you've never heard from before about insider stuff about this rivalry. It's going to be super fun. I'm really excited. This is the kind of stuff I like. It's not your normal, oh, everybody watched the game and they know what happened. This is stuff you are not going to hear anywhere else, and I'm very excited. All right. Well, speaking of Rice Eccles Stadium, our Utah by Five guest this week is Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan, and I had a chance to catch up with him uh, after the stadium announcement, and he went into a little more detail about what fans are going to be able to enjoy at the new facility, and, uh, you know, I kind of went to that press conference thinking, boy, $80 million seems like a waste of money, and it still seems like a lot of money. I, I don't think I've ever made that much money. No. But uh, I can tell you, you have not. <laughs> after you talk to Mark Harlan for a few minutes, you get a little excited about the project, and you kind of see the big picture, and so... Uh, Dirk was pulling out his wallet trying to give him a, <laughs> give him a check for the Crimson Club. I uh, know. That did not happen. <laughs> but it <did>. But he, <laughs> he was generous with his time. And uh, let's go to our Utah by Five segment. I'm Tom Barberi, and it's time for Utah by Five, where we catch up with the people who built the program we love. So we're here with Mark Carlin. Big day for the University of Utah. Talk about what this means to get this stadium expanded. Well, it's just something that we've been working on for a long time. So it was exciting to to be in front of our board of trustees yesterday uh, and to get their approval to move forward with seeking the bonds necessary for the project. And, you know, great first step uh, as we go through the overall approval process. We'll be with the Board of Governors on Friday, and then we'll get into the state legislature. But, you know, we're confident in our model that that everything will be paid for by athletically generated funds. Um, So really exciting to be able to kind of show folks today that some of the renderings that we're working off of and the kind of seating we're going to have, the new capacity, all of those kind of things. So very exciting day. What excites you the most about, you've talked about all the different aspects of this project, but there's got to be a couple pet projects or pet things in there that you like, is there? Well, I just think that, that there's just so many wins in this project. You know, we're all about winning in all these various categories that we define in the athletic department. But if you look at this, all the way around. It, it's a win for our football program who now can compete in a stadium that's over 50,000. Uh, you know, our new capacity will be just over 51,000. We get to completely renovate that locker room area, which has really fallen behind in terms of expectations and, you know, new training room, new equipment room, just to be, just a much better work environment on game day. And you know, we love the Echoes football facility. It's unbelievable best in the country, but when we get to game day, it's tough for us to, to get through that win there. Win for our overall program because there's there's money to be generated at the end of the of the 14 or 15 years of the bond that now can be rerouted back to support our, our, our programs. You know, and win for our fans. I mean, I think that, that, you know, obviously folks that get a chance to to be in that area will benefit, but also for everybody that's here because now you have a 360-degree route around the stadium, be new concession stands in the south, new restrooms that everyone can use. I think it should. The, the, the folks here tell me that that will alleviate the north a little bit because I think more people will use the south to navigate. So all of that is, is a win. And then lastly, just, you know, 
the, the, the best game day environment that, that currently exists is only going to get better. I mean, can you imagine how loud it's going to be when we enclose that and add these additional thousand, you know, excuse me, well over a thousand. So we got about 2,700 in the south now. We're going to add the additional thousand plus all the premium seating that's in there to take us over 51. But can you imagine how loud that's going to be? And you can't even think if you're the opposing team. And that's our job to make sure that happens. Is this a legacy project as far as you're concerned? Because obviously when you expand the stadium and, and turn it into an oval or bowl or whatever, that's kind of permanent, isn't it? Is that, is that kind of leaving your mark on the athletic program early in your career? Well, if you want to talk about legacy, you got to talk about Chris Hill, okay. right? Because Chris Hill did the, the heavy lifting with this. I mean, he, he had the consultant firms uh, working on this for almost 20, 20 plus months. Um, you know, when, when we did our transition uh, meeting uh, over a few breakfasts, uh, and he showed me what he had along with Kyle Brennan, the fabulous deputy athletic director. I mean, the football was kind of handed to me, and I just didn't need to fumble. So I, when I think of legacy, I think of Chris, and I think of, you know, all the work that he did to get there. And, it's it, you know, it should never be about me. It should be about this program and the great people that are, are going to step up and help because, as mentioned, we got to raise thirty-five million dollars. That's the that's the requirement. I got to get that done. Um, we can't move forward without that. And so, all the great people that are going to leave their legacy by giving us that kind of money to help our program in such a profound manner. We're back. We want to thank Mark Harlan for giving us a couple minutes to discuss that issue with the stadium, and fans can look forward to that. The completion day is supposed to be before the twenty twenty one season which would make me really old, uh, Amy kind of old. Trent, would you still be a millennial in 2021? He's always going to be a yeah, millennial. That's yeah. forever? That's yes, forever. It's, uh, We're Gen Austin, X. you have that We're title Gen too. Forever. I believe so, yeah. yeah, what, yeah. Are, what are we? Gen X. Generation X. Oh, that yeah. sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like a spaceship. I um, just want to thank our sponsors once again, the Salt Lake Stallions Professional Football coming to Rice Eccles Stadium for season tickets. Go to saltlakestallions.com or call this easy-to-remember number, 1-833-AAF-2019. Uh, before we sign off, I want to thank my neighbor, Mark Asling in Centerville. Uh, we're going to get him a Deseret News prize pack. Last week, I asked somebody to dig up that photo of me standing on the sideline when Darren Carrington caught the game-winning touchdown, <laughs> and he brought it to the house. And he wanted me to sign it, and I was a little sheepish, so I said, tell you what, uh, we're going to do a little plug on the podcast. Plus, I'll talk to my boss about getting some sort of prize pack together for you. I know where the prize closet is. Oh, so, good. Let's raid so it we, after we should, the show. Yeah, we should uh, We should have somebody S- do the same. Check your, it out. Give us your, email us your favorite rivalry memory. See, and we might talk about you or we might inter- interview you for the podcast. Uteinsiders at DesiretNews.com. Email us your favorite rivalry memory. You can be yeah. a fan of any rivalry. It could be a good fight, a little dousing of beer, whatever you have. Uh, we want to hear the story. Trent, let's do a shout out to some folks listening to us all the way across the country. We have They're an audience in Orlando. This. Yes. Give yeah. a shout out. I mean, I love you, Mom and Dad. Thanks for listening. <laughs> coast to Coast, Ute Insiders podcast. We're here, there, and everywhere. Just a reminder, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are found. 
Amy, anything to send us out with this week? I'm just happy to be here, and I'm excited for uh, I'm so excited for this weekend because I think this is the you know this tells us what we're going to be doing in the postseason. <laughs> but then I'm really excited for a rivalry week. Jen, do you agree with Austin that the, the Santa Clara issue will be uh, determined this week, and the Ute fans can make plans to go to their first ever Pac-12 championship game? I mean, I hope so because my picks suggest that. So hopefully, I don't disagree with my own picks. All right, get those plane tickets. Folks, thanks for listening. See you next time.